1: If you dare. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? That's what I
4: always say. You always follow
0: yeah, the money.
5: Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard on VSIN.
0: Hey, hey, top of the morning to you. This is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Paulie Howard. As we are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. As always, and uh, on tap over the next three hours, good show lined up, including and betting analyst Josh Applebaum with a look at some of the numbers that we have and uh, the movement in the NFL for this week. And, Paulie, let's begin with uh, what took place last night with the uh, committee meeting. Fellas, if you don't mind putting the screen up here in the studio, that would be outstanding. Thank you uh, in advance. Um, The committee had their uh, rankings last night, and really going into it, no surprise, right? I mean, We knew what the top four was going to look like. In fact, we knew what the top five was going to look like. Then it came down to which team would they have number six, which team would they have number seven, and uh, they popped LSU number six, USC number seven, and then at number eight they put Alabama. Do you have any problem or issue with LSU now ahead of USC? At this this stage,
2: at this stage. It's going to be, it's going to be, I don't, if there's chaos, USC can't jump them. Because LSU is going to have the best win in the country when it's all said and done. I do have a problem with that. Mm. I mean, we're going to see if there is absolute. LSU winning out is the worst case scenario for the committee. Because then you have the whole Tennessee situation. I agree with Reese Davis. Tennessee should block LSU. He's pretty adamant about it. It, That should be. I mean, they blew him out on the road. What the hell? Every game matters my ass then. But you lost two games. and I know you're closing with a bang here. But I, I can't get there. Well, you know what, Utah is sitting there at 10 as well, which is more bad news for Clemson because Clemson not only has to worry about all these teams in front of them, for example, even if Michigan loses and it's close, can Clemson jump Michigan? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. And then if Clemson, because Clemson isn't going to get that big pop. In the ACC title game because North Carolina isn't getting any respect or have a chance either at 13. So they have to worry about Utah, two-loss Utah I'm jumping them. Sure. Only one spot back.
0: Right, and I'll say this about, I mean, the, the new betting odds are out as well, and North Carolina is sitting there at 8-1. to one. I would highly recommend you don't play North Carolina to make the playoff. They are I at don't number 13.
2: Path. No, there's no path.
0: No, and, and some no. of the tweets were coming out last night. Like, at this stage of the game, the – longest shot or the uh, highest seed to ever make it. I think it was a nine seed made it eventually. They're 13. They have to do so much work and get so much help right. that I would rather, I think you're probably better off just betting yep. like parlays
2: throughout the week for that to happen. Eight to one. Oh. I did I did a deeper dive after the show. There's nothing on the resume. For North Carolina. No, and then plus the defense is got awful. Oh, it is. The oh, app, no doubt. The App State game, the Notre Dame game, yes, absolutely. Uh, your USC question, oh, they're in great position. I mean, to think that they only have one good win right now. But as uh, Stuart Mandel said, uh, tweeted out from the Athletic, they're going to go back to back to back if they make the Pac-12 title game. Road ranked teams, so you'd have three in a row against ranked teams. So you would, you're telling me brand name bias, Group of Five team, twelve and one, four wins against top twenty five teams. I mean, yeah, they're going to l- get in there.
0: A lot of the talk last night was how everybody poo pooed the Trojan schedule, and actually they said they don't have a quality win. Somehow they don't want to qualify at Oregon State 17-14 as a quality win. At I, a 23rd. I, I, don't, I don't understand how that's not a good win. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't pick and choose. Uh, the Fresno State actually doesn't really count because Hainer got hurt. And so if that's 45-17 with Hainer the entire time, then yeah, we'd be sitting here telling you that's a hell of a win. But you're exactly right. I mean, if they do make the Pac-12 title game, we're going to now include wins at UCLA-Notre Dame? Okay, well, that's then at that point a pretty decent resume – but here's okay, so they're behind Michigan, and there's now starting to be some talk about maybe two teams getting in from the Big Ten. Which I think, you know, if Michigan loses a very close game to Ohio State, and even like USC wins the Pac 12 title and they're 12 and 1, are we going to have this conversation about Michigan, for example, needs to be in over USC? If you're going to tell me that USC doesn't have a quality win yet or only maybe one with Oregon State, I want you to run down this Michigan schedule right now and tell me where uh, anything jumps off the page. I'll give you Penn State. That's a nice win, 41-17. Yeah, blew them out. What else? I know. Assuming a loss is coming at Ohio State.
2: Yeah. Th- at Iowa, 27-14? That's not a good one. Iowa's awful. You have to penalize them for the soft non-conference. Have to. Have to. That's uh, that's not going to do it. After, further, after taking a, a look at that, too, yesterday, even a close loss to Ohio State unless there's chaos, not good enough. I would still have them ahead of Clemson if they lose a close one. That's but fair. in terms of making the playoff, there's not enough on that resume. You can't just say, well, we beat Penn State and Illinois at home. That's not good that's enough. That's not good enough. No, you can't that's USC I'd have a better resume, too. At over that point, Michigan. yes. And USC will be Pac twelve champs. Yes, and they will. the
0: committee has told us over the years that the title game means a lot. So you would have to say USC belongs in over Michigan. And I you've been pointing this out now for a good, I don't know, two, three weeks. The number on Michigan to make the playoff, it was plus 110. Now it's, it's fading out a little bit, but yeah. you're better off just betting Michigan
2: to beat Ohio State mm-hmm. on the money line. You know, the Pac-12, you have six teams in the top 25. Six teams are in there. Uh, the other thing is, wh- why did Utah and Oregon bother to play those tough games to start the season? I mean, they would they would re- be all all but done at the Pac-12 would get a team in. Why did Utah go to Florida, and why did Oregon and play – Georgia and Atlanta, you're better off playing a cupcake like Michigan did and, and some of these other schools. And USC did and UCLA did. Right. Though, So if Oregon didn't lose over the weekend, they would be
0: number six. Right? They'd be behind Tennessee still. And so if Oregon had – put it this way. If Oregon didn't lose, everybody knows they had a clear path, went out and you're in. I think the same thing needs to be said about USC. But And we know this too. If TCU wins out, they're in. But that was obvious when they beat Texas. And uh, when last week, when the committee put him at number four overall. But your uh, updated odds now, Tennessee moved to minus 350. And it was two weeks ago when they were in the, uh, what, my, my buck dollar twenty range. I would say that that's pretty comfortable. If they went out, just don't stumble here. They're huge favorites this week against South Carolina. Yeah. Don't lose, take care of business. And uh, that's now minus 350. That's telling you. And again, everybody, I hope they're right. That, uh, Reese, is, Reese Davis is like... On the committee last night on the show, saying this is up now. This is me. This is my opinion. Yeah, not what I. I'm convinced the committee's going going to do, but he just said over and over and over again the Tennessee win must block LSU. Has to. Yeah.
2: And I'm glad. I'm glad that Gabe, he's going to war yeah. with that. Yes, they destroyed him. It was yeah. over early, so you have to give him a ton of credit for that and what they were able to do. And again, but the the the, the LSU talk. They are 16 point underdogs. That line is up in the SEC title game, yeah. but that is something they do not want to have to deal with if LSU shocks the world and uh, upsets Georgia. What they would, what, what would that they do the things and what that would happen as uh, as well? Can't uh-huh. have that. The other thing is, what would a 12-team playoff look like? Can't get this soon enough. Six highest-ranked champs get the automatic. You're automatically in. The next six highest-ranked teams get at-large's, and then they got the buys for the top four conference champs. And the first round is at the uh, better seed. A kid can dream, right? Your eight-nine game is Alabama against Clemson. The winner plays Georgia. Oh my God, how good is that? How about Georgia-Alabama? Right off, yeah. r- 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 right there, get the buy. They're the one. Well, these were
0: these oh. have adjusted. Remember last week, the eight-nine right. game was Alabama and USC. Yeah.
2: For <laughs> your five-twelve is Michigan and Central Florida. The winner gets USC. Come on. It'd be a Rose Bowl too. Ohio State's the two seed. They get a bye. LSU would play Utah. You imagine
0: LSU oh. with how hot they've been if they would beat Utah and you would get LSU, Ohio State in the second round mm-hmm. on the same weekend
2: that Georgia right. plays Alabama and USC gets Michigan. And you, oh. almost, you could get your wish. Tennessee would play Penn State. TCU gets the winner. Tennessee, TCU, total's got to be 90. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be awesome. Look at
0: how good that is. Oh, man. Oh, come on. How do people actually, again, shut this down? I'll, I will never understand it. I think after like getting there one time, the first year this ever happens, people are going to be like, yep, yeah, I can't believe I was saying uh, we didn't need a playoff the entire time. I can't believe I was okay with the BCS, people uh-huh. will say. That would be one weekend. It would just... That's the biggest thing. That's bigger than March Madness. I, well, would,
2: I would rather have the uh, the, the second-round games on campus sites, but I, get, I guess there's so nothing I. wrong with... With Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, and Sugar, though, either. Yeah, those are very you know good. How you want to do it, yes. Yep.
0: And you could also play the games. You could play, what, one of the games on a Friday night? Two of the games on a Friday night? Play them on a Saturday?
2: How would you do that?
0: Well, I guess around, because uh, it's bowl start, season. Start at 9
2: a.m.? You could just start at 9 a.m. and play kick off every three hours, yeah, three well, and a half yeah. hours.
0: Ideally, on the East Coast, let's say, I would yeah. go noon, I'd go three, I'd go six, and I'd go, like, nine. Or spread them out
2: maybe a little bit more than that it's just incredible the people who run the sport right we for so long we never we had split champions all this poll business right yep. then we had computers now we have this and now you have uh, herbie Hancock and these guys in charge and again you're going to have this the playoff games on New Year's Eve so you're going to be out there and, and you lose the fight lose control of the remote to the girlfriend or significant other and it's like you know what do you go to a New Year's Eve party? You put the game on. I mean, yep. it, it's ridiculous. They, they were, that. the, the we, people. We start a new tradition. Are you nuts? Yep. That's as stupid as the Mark Davis comments. McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. Ah, new tradition. Yeah, you have to choose between watching sports or, you know, ringing in the new year and drop the ball.
0: Yeah, it's like many, many years ago, the people in charge were gifted a truckload of gold. And eventually we said, uh, they, they said, you know, we're going to trade this in for that FTX cryptocurrency here. Huh. Nah, we don't we don't want it. Yeah. They, they would screw up a truckload of gold.
2: Honestly, yeah, they amazing. Would. They would
0: lace up your <laughs> cleats with Bet Rivers online sportsbook with the latest odds, lines, and boosts. Bet Rivers is your go-to for any soccer-related content. Check out Bet Rivers special World Cup promotions like their World Cup uh, futures, insurance bet, and World Cup daily bets and gets. Bet Rivers sportsbook is calling all soccer fans to head to betrivers.com or download the BetRivers Rivers app to get in on all the match day action. It's a whole new game. We'll run down the betting action from last night in Winsome some, lose some. It was fast and furious. And we also know somebody here who finished, think about this for a second here, eight picks a week, finished in the top five of a contest with not one but two different entries. Details on that coming up on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: This is follow the money
2: on VSEN. College basketball started. Now's the time to get your copy of the annual betting guide. 400 pages, biggest betting guide ever that we've ever done at VSEN. Odds, trends, power ratings, analysis on every team. Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans. They break it down, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champs, tournament teams, breakdowns of all 60 coaching changes. The only way to get to the guides become a Veasan Pro subscriber. Sign up today at Veasan.com/slash-subscribe.
0: Right, every Wednesday at this time, Veasan betting analyst Josh Applebaum joins the program, also podcast ho- host here on the network, and his two podcasts are called Morning Bets and Market Insights. Uh, we get a market report with him. Josh, good morning. Thanks for the time. Let's begin with this uh, Patriots-Jets game. Uh, interesting here because they, they recently played each other. The Patriots won the game on the road. Then this past week they had a buy when the number was 5.5. But nothing really happened, and mm-hmm. the number is now down to 3. Uh, explain the move here if you can and what you're waiting to do to bet this game.
3: Yeah, Mitch and Paulie, it's great to be with you. And this one's fascinating, guys. I think also from the perspective of a divisional matchup, second time around. So typically you do see divisional dogs bark louder than non-division dogs based on that built-in familiarity. And the second time around, they tend to bark even louder just because you have that not only familiarity year to year, but then uh, you know season to season, within a season, the second time around. So these teams, as you mentioned, Pauly, played a few just a few weeks ago. Patriots won 22-17. They covered as a three-point road favorite in that one. But as you mentioned, to me, big line move here toward the Jets, guys. As you mentioned, Mitch, this game opened as high as Patriots laying five and a half, immediately got all the way down to three, and now we're back on the key number of three. You know, to me, all these system matches are on the Jets. Jets, divisional dogs this year, 30 and 17 against the spread, 64%. If you are a dog who missed the postseason last year, buying low on these dogs that the public says, hey, you're not very good, you didn't make the playoffs, they're actually pretty good to bet on, 85 and 62 against the spread, 58%. You also get some correlative betting. We have a very low total in this one. It's about 38 and a half. It actually fell from 39 and a half with a uh, low total with a dog uh, getting three or more. That's another correlative betting. Good angle there. Fewer amount of expected points scored. Harder for that favorite to cover the number. But to me, Mitch, you hit the nail on the head. I'm not going to bet the Jets right now. If you look at the juice on the Patriots, it's Patriots minus three at minus 115. So when we've had such a drastic move from the opener to the current, five and a half down to three, I'm thinking that based on the juice price, you may get back up to the hook there with the three and a half. So I'm gonna wait out the Jets. See if I can get the three and a half here with the New York Jets. Also, very rare that you have two teams both coming off a buy. That's kind mm. of a, a rare occurrence here. It's slightly favored toward the uh, slightly um better record here toward the favorite. They're like like 54% against the spread. If both teams are off a buy, just take the favorite. That would actually match with New England. If you do like New England, you probably want the three because it's gonna looks like it's going to three and a half. But guys, I can tell you, I woke up this morning. There's snow on the ground in Boston. The weather's kind of getting worse. This is a very low total that's dropping. Thirty nine and a half. Down to 38.5, it's going to be windy in Foxborough. Divisional unders so far this year, 31-16, and 16, 66%. Wind blows 10 miles per hour or more. The under historically is about 55%. So it could be a low-scoring game. I'm waiting for the hook on the Jets. Bananas. Jets win to the
2: two-seed. Jets lose there in last place. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Uh, absolutely boncos. Are you surprised Dallas is favored in Minnesota?
3: Uh, definitely, definitely surprised here, uh, um, uh, Pauly, because to me, again, when I look at the lines, there's some that make sense. There's some that don't. And when I was like new to sports betting, it was, Hey, the ones that don't make sense, give me the obvious side. But I think if, if you bet on sports long enough, you realize the obvious side doesn't always come through. So I look for at least, a, you know, one or two fishy fishy lines that don't make sense each week. Last week it was Tampa Bay in Germany where they opened one and a half, got up to two and a half or three, even though the public was all over the Seattle Seahawks. Brady ends up covering that number. I think the Cowboys are kind of in that Tom Brady spot. If you look at this number, why on earth are the Vikings getting a point at home? They have the better record. Uh, you know why is a team that's eight and one favorite over team that's six and three? It's also buy low, sell high, just based on you know recency bias. The public is really uh, predispositioned to do whatever. You know, basically bet on if you look good last week, bet you. If you look poor last week, bet against you. This is kind of a buy low, sell high where Dallas loses in overtime to Green Bay, thirty-one twenty-eight. They're a three and a half point favorite. You lose outright. Meanwhile, we all know what happened there in Buffalo. The craziness at the end of the game with the Vikings winning outright 33-30, to 30, getting 6.5. So you have a Dallas team off a loss. We have a Vikings team, one of the best records, or tied for the best record with the Eagles, best record in the NFL. You're at home, you're getting a point. We have like 70% of bets taking the trendy dog here, guys, with Minnesota. Who knows? Minnesota could win and cover. But I got to take Dallas in this one. A fishy, fishy line move, contrarian favorite, only getting 30%. I look toward money lining Dallas. I just want to make sure this thing doesn't get down to a pick We're pretty much minus one, one one-and-a-half, Dallas. I like to see this thing be one-and-a-half across the board and continue to move for the Cowboys.
0: All right. Um, Another divisional matchup that we have coming up this week. It's uh, Cincinnati hosting Pittsburgh, or actually on the road against Pittsburgh, and uh, the Bengals open up five-and-a-half on the road. Remember that this is a rematch of what happened in week one when Burrow was terrible, the Bengals were god-awful, and somehow they turned the ball over like five times, still had a chance to win the game. They didn't. They lost. And uh, now they're coming off the bye week as well. And the number's down to four and a half. But we saw last week now TJ Watt back and what he means to the Steelers. What do you think that means for this game?
3: Yeah, I think there's a reason to bet here on the Steelers, guys. And I threw this stat at you right before we started this segment here. TJ Watt, when he's playing, the Steelers are 53-24, and 24, 68%, winning 68% of their games. When he's not playing, they're 0-7. So I don't know if there's any one non-quarterback player, non-skill position player that has a big of an impact, whether he's in or out, than TJ Watt. So TJ Watt is back. Minka Fitzpatrick had an appendectomy. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not this weekend, but there's a chance he could be out there. I'm grabbing the points, guys, with Pittsburgh. You know, this a pretty similar line move, uh, you know, when the Patriots were 5.5 down to 3. Similar move here toward Pittsburgh, where Cincinnati opened on the road, laying around 5.5. Now you're down to 4.5. You may be able to wait and see if you can get a 5 here. But just like uh, week one, as you mentioned, uh, Mitch, took the points week one. Obviously, you're if you're a Steelers fan, you're annoyed they didn't win that game. But I'll be taking the points in this one as well. Uh, if you look at this sweet spot, dogs in a sweet spot of getting 3.5 or more, this has been the best angle to bet on dogs. Dogs 3.5 or more this year are 58-31 and 31 against the spread, 65%. Also some really good percentages here from our drafting splits at vsan.com slash splits. Only 42% of bets are on Pittsburgh, but they're taking in 71% of the money. That's a pretty good almost 30% smart money discrepancy here. Mike Tomlin as a dog in his career, 48-26 and 26 ATS, 65%. Also, guys, maybe an underplay here. I know it's tough to sweat these unders with Cincinnati and this, this high powered offense, but we did open 43. We're down to 41, 40 and a half. Divisional unders that fall at least a half point are 17 and 6 this year, 74%. The unders only getting a third of bets, but almost 60% of the money. So, again, correlative betting. We have the total falling. We have the line moving toward the dog. Just like I'm holding out for the Jets three and a half, I'm going to try to hold out for Pittsburgh plus five. If not, give me the Steelers four and a half.
0: You can follow Josh on Twitter. He is at Josh underscore
2: insights. Josh, thanks for the
0: time today. Best of luck this week. You guys are the best. Have a great day.
2: Start your morning with VEASAN's new podcast, VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Applebaum gives you every piece of info you need to be ready for betting the day's biggest games in just 15 minutes. Line movement, injuries, and make the Daily Daily Morning Best Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast.
0: Well... Uh, look at this number, by the way, in the Cleveland-Buffalo game. Hello. After uh, Adam Chernoff came on yesterday yeah. and just brilliantly broke down the weather pattern that they're expecting in Buffalo this week. It was at around 46 yesterday when he was on the show. It's now 43.
2: Yep. I, I saw 47 and a half, looked at it, stared at it, and then at the... Yeah, well, hold on. You saw 43. that yesterday? It was, was Monday. It- Monday.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to so say, Monday, yeah. yeah. Monday. Yeah. All right. Um, I, does it, <laughs> it, so if this is like true and I, I mean, at this point, again, they're expecting just tons and tons of snow in the Buffalo area. I think 43 still might be a bit high. I could see this going down to maybe like
2: 41 and a half in that range. Yeah. You think, well, the, the running game then, cause of, with Chubb, but then again, Allen has a howitzer. So, yeah, God, that, that depends how much you're going to get though. That, yeah, it also dropped down to
0: uh, Browns. Plus eight now, yeah. and it was nine and a half. I I do believe that yesterday, maybe some
2: spots had a 10 on the game. I don't know. I remember watching a blizzard in New England, and Brady had five touchdowns in the first half. So, yeah, I know. Against Tennessee. Well, remember the rematch of uh, it's funny,
0: Tennessee doesn't do do well in the snow. Remember that game? Was it two years ago? Tennessee what? went to Green Bay? Yeah,
2: oh, destruction. It was like 41 14. Yes, yes. Plenty of snow that day. Uh, the Patriot game is fascinating Sunday because uh, the history has to be factored in here, too. Uh, same old Jets. Well, no, it's not. But they, the Patriots beat them 13 in a row, and they just played, and that was ugly. It was an oh-by-the-way touchdown late in garbage time by the Jets. Wilson was horrendous. They did nothing offensively. Patriots went very conservative, could have ran it up on them, but mm-hmm. there was no confidence in Mac Jones in that game. But they're coming off the win, right, the buys, but you're coming off the win against the Bills. He opened five and a half. Nothing's happened. It's down to three. Maybe goes back up, but to me, when you look at this line, yes, it's Belichick against a younger quarterback, young quarterback, Big edge there, and then the history. I mean, they call it homecoming. Uh, homecoming, we got the Jets, no problem, 13 in a row. It is It is funny
0: how, like, the perception of wins and losses can really change people's perspective on, like, how good or bad teams are. Let's be honest here. The Jets are fortunate, very fortunate to have six wins. I mean, this team could be oh, a, th-
2: a, th- a three-win team. They're they're lo- super lucky. They could be a two-win team. Right. You got Brett Rippon. You won that game. You scored 16. You got the third-string quarterback with Miami. The Browns the, game. The, the, the Browns game, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of examples there. Meanwhile,
0: the Bills have lost two straight, and it's like sky is yep. falling. Well, they blew a big lead against the Jets, and uh, it was a miracle yeah. what happened last week against Minnesota.
2: Yep, blowing big leads, Allen turning the ball over. But the thing, yeah, great season. Just last place they lose this game. Patriots sweep. Them. That's funny. And they're the two that seed. That is. If they win, they're the two seed. Wow. Because of tiebreakers, yeah. Up next, our
0: weekly look at the best and worst teams in the NFL and college football against the spread and with totals. You have a team hitting at 89%, and on average, by nearly 12 points per game. Who is it? We'll tell you coming up next. You
4: always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah,
5: yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN.
2: world cup countdown is on now's the time get your copy of the world cup betting guide nigel seeley breaks down all eight groups predictions for every group with our experts awards and the only way to get the guides to become a visa pro subscriber sign up now for just 99 dollars and get access for everything we do all the way through the super bowl and also check out the world cup betting preview show on youtube vison.com slash subscribe
0: We shall begin this hour talking college football as uh, Andy Staples joins the program, covers the sport for The Athletic, and you can also catch his podcast. It's called The Andy Staples Show. Plus, I've been told that he uh, craves good barbecue every second that he's awake. Andy, thanks for the time today. How are (laughs) you?
5: That is That is true. I am craving it as we speak, and it's only 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: the What you guys have done over the years at The Athletic with the Heisman Straw Poll, I think has been a pretty, eventually, as the year, as we get closer to the actual award and the ceremony, it's a pretty good indicator of what you can expect to happen. And uh, this year, again, it's a great race. But uh, right now, C.J. Stroud is the leader. But I have to tell you, uh, he's only a point up on a new serious contender here, Andy, and that is North Carolina quarterback Drake May. And also May has more first place votes in the straw poll. Can you, can you tell everybody what like this straw poll consists of and uh, if this May hype is actually potentially real?
5: Well, it's, it's all the college football writers at The Athletic and, and editors as well. And a lot of us are actual Heisman voters, but we all follow the sport very closely and, and probably more closely than the average Heisman voter does. But it is a pretty good cross section because you know, we all live all over the country. We cover, you know, we have beat writers who cover different teams, and uh, we have national writers, so it's it's a good cross section, kind of a, a a good representation of what the actual Heisman electorate looks like. So we usually get pretty close as the season moves on, it's it's pretty weird at first. Like those first few weeks, they get you see some some odd names pop out, but but as the season goes on, it it becomes a little more, you know, accurate. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think the year that uh, that, the Kyler, now I wasn't working at the athletic yet when this happened, but like the year that Kyler Murray won, remember it was Tua, 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 Tua. Mm -hmm. And their, their little straw poll kind of note noted when it turned, like when it really became clear that, that Kyler was a serious contender and it's, you know, last year was a little bit easier because Bryce sort of at the end of the Auburn game and and the SEC championship game. That's when he kind of ran away with it. But this is with Drake May. He's just he's been consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and I think people are figuring out like he's the reason North Carolina is sitting there at 11 and one. And his numbers are very similar to C.J. Stroud, but he doesn't have anywhere near the talent around him that C.J. Stroud does. And he also is under pressure to basically score every time they touch the ball because their defense has been so bad. Point. And, and he leads them in rushing. So <laughs> there's that factor, too. So, like, he's, he's completing 70% of his passes. He leads the nation with 34 touchdown passes. Um, he's averaging 9.5 yards per attempt. So, basically, I mean, his numbers track very well against C.J. Stroud from a passing standpoint. But then you add the rushing total to it too. He's a much more dynamic player. Like if you if you add, it, just look at it this way: if you were to put Drake May on Ohio State's offense, would Ohio State be better or worse? They'd be better. If you put C.J. Stroud in North Carolina's offense, would North Carolina be eleven and one? Maybe, maybe not.
2: Interesting. Yeah, way back. Well, uh, you know, sitting there in fifth is, is Williams with USC. He's put up great numbers. Mm-hmm. If they look yep. at the gauntlet he's coming up, though, here you're going UCLA, Notre Dame, and then the mm-hmm. Pac-12 title game. What do you think if Williams and USC can run win out here?
5: I think Caleb Williams will surge into the Heisman race if they if they win against UCLA this weekend and Notre Dame next weekend because everybody's going to be watching that UCLA game because there's playoff implications there. If USC loses, they're out of the playoff hunt and obviously both teams still in the hunt for the Pac-12 title. The following week, you got Notre Dame. If, if USC beats UCLA and is still in the, the national title hunt, everybody's going to watch USC-Notre Dame. So it's going to be the, the nation's chance to really get a good look at Caleb Williams. And if he keeps doing what he's been doing all year, the nation is going to be very impressed with Caleb Williams because he's really good. Like I, I do a draft podcast also at The Athletic called Prospects to Pros with our, our draft guru, Dane Brugler. And Dane says that, that Drake May and Caleb Williams, like if they were eligible for this year's draft, would be QB one and QB two in some order, and and they will be in the 2024 draft.
2: My God! Wow, that is awesome. That is that is. Oh, uh, you've covered the sport for over 20 years. Where does Jim Mora, job coaching job this year at UConn, rank?
5: It is up there. It is uh, when he took that job, I was like. Well, I don't know if he knows what he's in for. Yeah, right. He must want. He must want to get back in the in the game real bad because that's a tough, <laughs> tough job. Yep. But it's it's incredible what he's done, and, and you know that Liberty team they beat is really good. The, the only loss the Liberty had going into that game was a one point loss to Wake Forest. I mean, they just gone and beat Arkansas, and so it, it's pretty amazing what what Jim Mora has been able to do in a very short time now. I thought he's a pretty good coach at UCLA. They, they always had pretty good players. Uh, they had a really good eye for talent. They just never could quite get over the hump. But what he's doing at UConn is is pretty amazing. And I don't know if that necessarily means that somebody else says, oh, well, this is a great job. We're going to snap you up, Jim. Or if he's going to be there a little while and actually turn that program back into something respectable. Because remember, under Randy Edsel, they were pretty good in the Big East. They actually won the Big East one year. But – They've, they've fallen on really hard times, and I'm just I, – I can't believe we're sitting here talking about a bowl-eligible UConn.
2: It is an amazing story, no doubt about it. Your reaction to the rankings last night and what you think is the worst-case scenario for the committee?
5: I, I don't think I'm very surprised by anything. You know, I expected Tennessee to be ahead of, of USC – And I I still think if it's a 12 and one USC versus an 11 one Tennessee, that they're probably going to pick Tennessee. Mm. And and it's one of those things that people say, well, what about this? What about this? And I I I will just I always come back to what will USC's best wins be? And their their best wins are going to be uh, who you know UCLA, Notre Dame, and then whoever they play in the Pac twelve championship game, which would be which would be nice. But Tennessee's got Alabama and a 27-point win at LSU, which is probably nicer. And and it's funny because the committee, like the committee members, will say they don't worry about lines and point spreads. But we know based on how they rank teams and and how they you know like they they had Texas way up there last week before they lost to TCU. They they've had Notre Dame up there more than say the like the AP poll and the coaches poll, in spite of how many losses they have. That tells me you're looking at advanced predictive rankings like SP plus or SPI. And you know what those things are? They're basically point spread.
0: Yeah. yeah power so ratings.
5: If, if, if you were going, if you were going to predict a point spread for a neutral site, Tennessee USC game, you'd have Tennessee favored. And that's why they'll pick Tennessee because they're going to go, this team's better. I, I, I have a way. I think they should do this when they, when they don't know who four is when they're trying to decide between four and five, mm-hmm. you take, you, you rent a, a windowless van, and you kidnap the coach of the number one team. You put a bag over his head. You take him to an undisclosed location. And then you put him up with some sort of truth term, and you say, who would you least like to play? And so, in this case, you'd be kidnapping Kirby Smart, and you'd be saying, Kirby, would you rather play USC or Tennessee? Kirby's going to tell you he'd rather play USC so the answer is Tennessee.
0: I love that scenario. We're going to need to make that happen for sure. That'd be great. And <laughs> yeah. we could televise it, too. Um, okay, so w- what about a one-loss Michigan? Because if they do, even if it's a close game, and we don't get chaos, right? So if, like, TCU mm-hmm. wins, um, you know, Tennessee wins out, Georgia beats LSU, USC wins the Pac-2, if Michigan loses a close game, they're not going to have a lot of meat on their bone. So I, I don't think you can make a case mm-hmm. at that point for a two- one-loss Michigan.
5: No, but... Here's the the more interesting scenario from the Big Ten. What if Michigan wins a close game, and Ohio State is sitting there? Because you you know who doesn't want to be compared to Ohio State is like I don't know an 11, a twelve and one ACC champ with a loss to Ohio State or to, with a loss to Notre Dame. Um, yeah. USC if their if their Notre Dame win is not as impressive as Ohio State Notre Dame win, I I think that is the more interesting scenario because. Ohio State is the one with some stuff happening that if they lost that game, maybe they could slip in at four. And there's a scenario where where you have an all SEC Big Ten playoff, which it's it's kind of amazing we've never gotten one of those. Yeah. Given how those are the two kind of power, real power leagues, they're the ones with all the money. Uh, that I think is the scenario. I don't think if Ohio State if Ohio State beats Michigan, I don't think Michigan has enough to get back in without just massive chaos. But if Michigan were to just edge Ohio State and we and we like let's say it's a controversial call and we're like, Well, we don't know, Ohio yeah. State might still actually be better, but they kinda got screwed. Like I could see Ohio State flipping in there.
2: Ninety seconds. When you come to town, there's a steakhouse here called Berries. They have a twenty four ounce bone and ribeye and a forty six ounce mm-hmm. Tomahawk ribeye. Can we buy you dinner? Yep. Yeah.
5: Oh, absolutely. Um, Two of the Tomahawks, please. That'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, I got
2: to see you in action. We'll call in a Okay, great. Thanks, Andy. We appreciate it. We'll see you soon.
5: Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate
2: it. All right. There you go. Well done. Excellent. 46 ounce Tomahawk ribeye. Take two (laughs) of them. Utah. Utah, too. Give me two of those. (laughs) I I don't have a problem. I wouldn't have a problem if it's Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, and Georgia. That could happen. I I don't have a problem. I I don't.
0: By the way, you can uh, follow him on Twitter. Yep. He's at Andy underscore Staples, and uh, the name of his podcast is the yep. Andy Staples Show. That was awesome stuff on the God, Heisman Trophy. Oh by my the way. God!
2: I mean, you you run out right now and bet May and Williams. Now that I don't they think USC win. runs the table, I don't think about so that's yeah. but but they there's definitely a path because their defense yeah. is so bad. They're gonna have yep. to outscore people. Yep. We'll get into look ahead
0: lines of Thanksgiving week in the NFL. What do you make? Buffalo at Detroit, and if you're still alive and survivor, plenty of good options on the board.
5: This is Follow the Money on VSIN.
2: Welcome back. Get a $10 free bet when you sign up for First Bet. V-CIN's preferred horse racing app. Use the code HORSE200 for the $10. Plus get a 100% match on the first deposit up to $200. With wagering in more than 300 tracks and AI-assisted picks, the first bet app's easiest way to bet on your favorite sport. Secure payments, great customer service, reliable website. Details at vcin.com slash horses. Sign up now.
0: Uh, this is always a fun segment. Joe Osborne joins the program now with Vegas Insider. He keeps track of uh, all these uh, angles in the NBA and the NFL. Quarters, halves, uh, second half stuff. Joe, it's good to talk to you again. How you been?
7: Hey, guys, I'm doing good. Good times, busy times, but it's a a great time of year for sports bettors, right? It is. It is.
0: So I can't wait to hear this. Uh, The nugget that you have on the New York Giants, the football Giants, I'm open. I want to go in fresh. Do tell.
7: Yeah, guys, never mind investing in uh, any of these crypto scams or anything. Just invest (laughs) in Giants home unders. Check this team out. Uh, Over their last 17 games at home, the under is 15-1-1. And And they're absolutely just flying under these totals. Like, no sweat on a lot of them. 13 of those 17 games failed to cross uh, 40 points. So not even close. You know, on Sunday, they're going to host the Lions. Uh, The Lions a bit up and down in terms of scoring, but twice already this season, they've been held to under seven points on the road. Total of 46 and a half in this one. And the Giants are really being held back by an offense that has no big play ability whatsoever. Just 12 passing plays of 20 plus yards on the season, easily Mm. last in the NFL. So we'll see how Jerry Goff makes that in the cold in uh, East Rutherford on Sunday afternoon.
2: How about some other NFL trends you have this week and uh, some other tidbits you want to share in general with the NFL?
7: Oh, man. One, I've been pounding all season. Uh, the Broncos under. The mm-hmm. Broncos are the perfect under team. If, uh, you know, I match made in under heaven whenever the Broncos are playing. So check them out this season. They're averaging the fewest points per game. But they're also allowing the fewest points per game. Uh, They're historically (laughs) awful in the red zone here, guys. Mm -hmm. Just brutal. Uh, They're only scoring a touchdown on 20% of red zone trips. Now, to put it into perspective how awful that is, the Giants were the worst team in the red zone last season at 44.7%. Broncos at 20% (laughs) this season. And conveniently enough, uh, the Broncos are the best red zone defense by a wide margin. So, how has this worked out for them? Well, since the start of last season, Uh, Denver has gone under in 20 of 26 games. This includes eight of nine this season. Average combined score in their games this season, just 31.2. So they got the Raiders at home here on Sunday. So, yeah, I I will absolutely pound that once again.
2: Very good. Uh, Great information. Uh, Yeah, full marks to you. You've been tracking this for several years uh, with NBA quarters, and I, as I said earlier, I wish we had someone yes. on staff that did. You do a great job with this, but how about these 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 odd NBA quarters and some great streaks here?
7: Yeah, the one that stands out to me the most as a team to fade uh, the Detroit Pistons, uh, absolutely off to start basketball games so far this season. Two and thirteen against the spread in the first quarter. Of their games, uh, this includes one and seven at home, a minus 4.9 point differential in the first quarter of their game. So they're just an automatic fade in the first quarter. If You can get a decent number there. Uh, the Grizzlies stand out as a good team to back in the first quarter of their games. 11-4 against the spread in the opening frame. They took care of business last night. Now, you take a look at the first quarter over-unders. A bit of a surprise, and that's been a great under this season, whether it be in the first quarter or overall, uh, 10-4 to the first quarter under, uh, 6-1 and at home. It's surprising. They come out really slow. They do play at a slow pace, but they're 29th in first quarter points so Ooh. far this season. So keep, keep an eye on that. Also keep an eye on uh, the opposing teams, uh, the under on their team total, when they're playing against uh, Brooklyn. They've really turned it around defensively since they sent uh, Steve Nash packing. And... A bit of a weirdo one here. Uh, I don't think that there's a lot of people targeting uh, third quarter spreads, you know, and they're doing their research, they're handicapping for the day. Right. But the Chicago Bulls, 12-2 and two against the spread in the third quarter. Now, those bets are a bit risky because you're going in a bit blind. You never know what could happen with an injury or something like that. But the Bulls just absolutely flying in a team to fade. In the third quarter, or fade whenever you want, and probably almost any situation, the uh, the L. A. Lakers three and ten against the spread in the third quarter. So they come out really slow after the break. So yeah, yeah. a couple spots standing out early on this season.
0: See, Joe, I, I do. I mean, I love that stuff going into games, but also for you know live wagering. There was this run the Warriors were on for, that must have been, I don't know, a two, three-year stretch. Mm-hmm. Now they were obviously you know the highest power-rated team in the league, but it was Steve Kerr. So those are the adjustments after halftime that ties into coaching, and then they mm-hmm. come out and they make those adjustments. And when you're pounding teams like the that that's it's more than just a trend. It's something to absolutely keep your eye on and maybe add to your portfolio when it comes to betting. Don, Donovan's a good coach in the NBA, and the adjustments so far at halftime then tell me that this guy and the team, they, they really, really get it.
7: Yeah, and that Warriors one was insane. It's one everyone knew. Yep. It was just, everyone was just blind betting it. You go on Twitter during like a high-profile playoff mm. game, and, well, it's time to bet the Warriors third quarter. And they come out, and they outscore the the opponent by 10 points. Yep. So it was like automatic game after game after game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of these things with these, you know, first quarter, first half, third quarter. Uh, you see these wild runs in terms of trends that you don't necessarily see with the full game trends, with Mm -hmm. the overs and the unders. So absolutely, you know, if you're betting the NBA on a daily basis, uh, worth keeping these on your radar for sure.
2: That's an excellent point, just like hockey as well, with with some of this under-the-radar stuff. Joe Osborne, our guest, VegasInsider.com. Follow the money, Paulie and Mitch Veeson, the Sports Betting Network. Follow Joe on Twitter. Any plays you like tonight.
7: Yeah, a few on my radar here, guys. Not big games by any means, but I like the Pacers. Uh, Plus two and a half in Charlotte, taking on the Hornets there. You know, uh, Charlotte in contention for the worst team in the league early on. Uh, The Rockets and Pistons might have something to say about that. But you take a look at uh, Charlotte here. Six double-digit losses already on the season. Uh, Just one and five at home. Pacers on an absolute tear right now against Mm -hmm. the spread. Seven and zero against the spread. Some... uh, Outright wins over quality teams in Toronto, New Orleans, Miami, and Brooklyn. And the Pacers are uh, much better in a lot of key stats, most notably on offense, a pretty big gap between these teams ninth versus dead last in the EFG shooting percentage. So you can get the Pacers as an underdog in that spot. Absolutely. I'll take a shot. And of course, I got to weigh in on uh, probably the game of the night. I'm sure a lot of your uh, guests will be touching on this one today. Of course, uh, the big Buffalo Sabres Ottawa Senators game (laughs) going down (laughs) in uh, Ottawa tonight. Thankfully, you guys got that. Yeah, I I think the the Sabres here, as an underdog, absolutely. Worth a shot. I saw them plus 150 at DraftKings this morning. Now, a lot of people think the second game of a back-to-back, regardless of the sport, people talk about that like it's an automatic death sentence. (laughs) It is not. Some teams thrive in this situation, Uh right? So that's the spot the uh, Sabres are in here tonight. Uh, They're on a six-game losing streak, but not as bad as their losing streak indicates in the top half of the league and expected goals 4 percentage and high-danger chances 4 percentage. Better than Ottawa in both of those spots. Ottawa's losing a lot too. Big defensive advantage for Buffalo. And a big difference in terms of discipline. The uh, Senators can't stay out of the box here. Fifth most penalty minutes this season. Fifth fewest. Or Buffalo, so if you're looking for an ice dog in a big game, give me the uh, Buffalo Sabers plus one fifty. I
0: like it, Joe. We have about a minute left. You're wearing the Dolphins hat today. Uh, we've known for a long time that you're a big Tua supporter. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you tied into with bets this year? I mean, do you have Tua MVP? Do you have Dolphins to win the Super Bowl?
7: No, I mean, stranger things have happened. I think this Dolphins team is probably, you know, similar to uh, the Bengals team last season in terms of talent and whatnot. I think that's a a fair comparison. But, uh, you know, I I think winning the Super Bowl, getting to the Super Bowl might be too much to ask. But the Dolphins, a plus 250 to win the AFC East, uh, I think that's an all right bet, guys. We know they have a game in hand over the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, you know, they might get caught here This weekend in the Avalanche in Buffalo versus a good running team. And people talk about the Dolphins' upcoming schedule, how it's difficult. It's not ideal, but, you know, they got the Texans, the 49ers, who I think are overrated. Just one game above five hundred with some really ugly losses. The Chargers kind of hanging on by a thread. Buffalo in Buffalo. Let's see how Tua does in the cold. That's Mm -hmm. another uh, test he has to pass. And then you get the Packers on Christmas Day, and then you close out the Patriots and Jets. So, yeah, I think plus 250, they're leading the division today. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's worth a look. If the Dolphins can get into the playoffs, win a game, and Tua can stay healthy, that's a major win I for would that agree. team Yes. Yep.
0: You can follow him on Twitter. He is at JTFOZ, and he hosts Chasing That Paper presented by Vegas Insider. Great spot today, Joe. Thanks for the time.
7: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Good luck to you and good luck to all the listeners out there.
0: Yep. thanks, Joe. Up well done. next, we had some odd movement in an NFL market. We'll explain coming up.
5: Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. Yeah, this is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard on VCN.
2: Welcome back. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this season, new customers can bet $5 on any team and pocket $200 in free bets. If your Moneyline bet wins, download the app and use code VISA when you sign up. Got to be 21. DraftKings.com for full details. Here
0: we go. It is Wednesdays with the Maestro. Mike Palm. He is the VP of Circa Resort & Casino, the Golden Gate and the D in downtown Las Vegas. Good morning, Maestro.
4: How are you? Good morning, Mitch. Good morning, Paul. Hey, Good Mike. morning, Griswold, Connecticut. Our hey. loyal Nesson family that's watching. Tenley Park, Illinois. Peekaboo Marquee, we see you. Killarney, Manitoba, watching on Rogers SportsNet. Belvern Pennsylvania in the Pittsburgh area on ATT and El Monte, California, sunrise over spectrum. How you been? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Excited for this guy. How about this Good. guy? How about how about that run on Sunday? He briefly well, talked about it. Didn't really didn't, bring it up too much, but
2: incredible run. Lot. It was a lot of fun. Uh, again, uh Blackjack Tournament. Blackjack Tournament. We know yep.
4: you were they all recall the story you finished second in the video poker tournament. Yeah. Didn't make a deal. Did from didn't, ten thousand to three thousand. Didn't lock in a deal. So didn't, he Didn't so chop it up. He right. won his table on Saturday, advanced to the quarterfinal round Sunday morning, played it against two guys that wouldn't put up $100 for a free ace. $100, a free ace. Think about you get, that. You, you, your first card's automatically an and ace. And they said no. Guys. They didn't, didn't have didn't, it. Now. You're, you're playing for 30000 for first place. Can you didn't, imagine? Didn't put up the 100 He, he couldn't get through.
2: Couldn't, yeah. Drawing, so now he's get down cards. to a wild card.
4: Wild card drawing. Right? There's 10 spots I in the semifinals. the semifinals, Wild card drawing. There were 44 names in the hopper. Called the first name, the guy's there. So now he's one out of 43. The girl pulls, and there's two of them stuck together. So you can't do that because which one? Throw it in and remix, Paul Howard.
7: Wow. End
2: Into the semifinals, and then how about the last hand and all that with the It came the down to the last hand, kooky math. You gotta think on you. I gotta, I gotta, I use my ace. I, I double down for less. I get a five, and then I win by a hundred chips. And the guy's sitting there trying to do. I win. I advance with eighteen. You get to start a <laughs> stack of five thousand. I had eight. Couldn't win a hand. I had eighteen hundred. I advance. He made the finals by a, by a, yeah by a hundred wow. by one chip. The whole So round, then the
4: two of you were never more than three hundred apart, right? It was incredible. The, it was. I kept counting. I'm yes. like, nothing's moving here. I, no, no one could win a hand. He well, was an assassin. Once you
0: make the final table in a blackjack tournament, is there any reason to chop at that point, or well, you're automatically so going to win? six something.
4: people, top the top five pay. And it's thirty, ten, five, three, two. So they got together. They made a deal. Everybody gets seven, and the winner gets fifteen.
0: Well, oh, that's a hell of a weekend then for you. So he
4: picked up. He okay. picked up. A, he he was doing well too at the final table, and then uh, a COO we won't name, but his his initials are Bill eighty. Walked in. He never won another hand.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Oh, it is William H Macy in the cooler? Finish. Yes. Is that who he is? It, oh it was, boy. Well, well, he's
4: around more than William H Macy was.
2: You know, the the money's one thing, but it also was a blast. As I said, Monday most fun I've had with pants on. I mean, it's and I'll say I'll say Mitch's this
4: was Avatar, <laughs> most fun he's ever had with pants. on. Loves
2: it. a movie, sure, absolutely. <laughs> no, no,
4: great movie experience. Not a great movie,
0: great movie
2: experience. Okay, okay, fair enough. But I tell you how you got how Andy Dufresne and how this company gives back to their players is incredible. I mean, you were in that Ultimate X tournament. How fun that is! And this blackjack yeah. tournament. Not to mention that lunatic Kevin West. <laughs> who sits down and he goes, no, I want to ask you, too, because we also we see the, the, the TV host and what he does for VEASAN, but also as a VP, what, what he has to deal with and what goes on in chip counts. You have two guys go all in on the, on this the is first round one. hand. The first hand this, of this, round this one. This is it, right? They shove.
4: Well, he shoved. He was first. He shoved the whole 5,000. The next guy bets 100. The third guy bets 5,000. Dealer makes 21. The guy in the middle advances after huh. one
0: hand. So once Kevin shoved and the next guy went 100, mm-hmm. the third guy cannot shop. There's Why no would way. you?
2: There's no way you can. Why would you? What, what if he does? What? What if all guy, all three guys go all in?
4: Then they have a three-hand race-off because they're all eliminated on the same hand with the same amount of chips. We'd give him five thousand back again, and say you're playing three hands. Most chips after three hands.
2: Oh, <laughs> I can't believe! Oh. I can't believe the guy on the end goes, "Okay, I'll do it too." That's the one that blows me away. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: right. More than once, you saw the middle guy go <laughs> yeah. in for a hundred. There's no way you can
4: make that call. One yeah. table in the semifinal that you weren't at, but the other, a guy advanced. He bet a hundred all 21 hands, and he advanced. It was the same situation. The dealer made every hand, you're and everybody kidding. else was betting a thousand, oh, fifteen hundred. Wow. He bet a hundred every hand. and won the round. Never used this. Ended up with like thirty-two hundred. He used it on the last hand. He, he bet hundred.
2: Oh, he did with okay. the ace. My God! Well, that's not a bad strategy. It, this yeah. is wild. Really? I love. I love the format, the math. That just it was an incredible weekend. Wait till you see the one we do here in December. We're gonna we'll re-
4: reveal oh, yeah. the details in a little bit when we confirm. But a twelve-player invitational, Mitch. Twelve players only, by invitation. Hundred thousand-dollar prize pool. And, that, and it's and it's blackjack. Blackjack tournament. It's based on the best casino players. Tables, slots, and sports. Uh a committee sat down, ranked 30 people, top 12. Committee we called the top, no, it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If you, you were first, you got 30 points. If you were 30th, you got one point. You added it all up. More scientific than this college football group. Anyhow. Yeah. Anyhow, we called <laughs> the first 12 names seven confirmed. So now next five. Twelve people, 100000 dollars Mitch. Okay. Now think about this. Four rounds. You play around Thursday night, and then two round or around Friday, two rounds Saturday. First through 12th, okay? First place is 20,000. Second's 15. 12, 5, 10, 7, 5. And then six through 12th are 5,000. How do you get paid? It's a Super Bowl future you have to make that night, and it's done in draft order. So the guy that finishes first, he's got two minutes on the clock. It's going to be televised on v He goes and he goes down to there and he picks. Chiefs for 20,000. Chiefs come off the board. Second guy's got a $15,000 bet. Can't pick the Chiefs. So six through 12th, all get 5000 but six picks, six spots ahead of 12. Wow.
2: Incredible. Who'd you go
0: with? That's amazing. What a fortune. Well thought out.
2: Great job.
4: Derek and Mike's Holiday Invitational, it's called. Nice <laughs> okay. gift boxes we're putting together for the people. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then 12 Incredible.
0: people are getting a free roll for our Super Bowl future. Worst
4: you can do is a $5,000 Super Bowl future. That's uh, not bad.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. pretty good, I'd say. Yeah. Incredible customer service. Yeah. Great host as well too. Who would you go with? You're, you're well, on the it's,
4: it's a month away. It's going to be December 16th. Well, I no, think. yeah, this yeah weekend no before idea. Christmas. Well, let
2: me ask yeah. you right now. Chiefs are off the board. You have the pick. 49ers. Yeah. Mm. Really? Mm. See what the odds
4: are too. Yeah, I I mean, see you're going to get I mean, yeah, our live yeah, odds yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Uh, mm. So then, more based on what happened last night, you said better process there than the committee with the college football rankings. Uh, more likely to, to get in. We talked about this earlier to begin the show, actually. Michigan with one loss if it's a close loss against Ohio State. And we get some chaos, but USC wins the Pac-12.
4: But what are USC's great wins? See, I don't understand. They've ranked USC high off their loss. That's what I don't get. The loss should supplement your good wins. Well, USC just hasn't beaten anybody yet. At Oregon State's and, the one good win. Oh, stop. What a rank, Mike. Come on. Forget about that. But they're going to use Notre Dame as this gauntlet of, of UCLA, Notre Dame, mm. and then maybe Oregon again. But Notre Dame lost at home to Marshall. Notre Dame lost at home to Stanford, who's the worst team, at worst team you could argue, in the Pac-12. I mean, so I don't understand why that's a quality win. Look, the committee can't do it, but you probably look the best four teams are two SEC and two Big Ten teams. I think Tennessee sits in a great spot here. Right? Now, TCU runs the table they're in. Yes, they are. Does everybody yes. agree with that? I, yes. I would hope they so. They still have to go that. to Baylor, who's yeah. a decent team. As, lo- as long as as long as, long it's a close game against Iowa State and they don't get beat by two touchdowns, they're an automatic winner. Matt Campbell, yeah. again, proved why he's the most overrated coach in the game. Did you watch that game? Yeah. They yeah. should have won that game by 21. Sick. Five turnovers, missed field goals, and and a team that can't run the ball goes on fourth and one from your own 25 out of a shotgun. The guy is just atrocious. Yeah. He's atrocious. Anyhow, um I don't think LSU can get there because Tennessee beat the heck out of him at LSU. So in the head to head, I don't think they can get there. So I think Tennessee sits in a nice spot. If TCU loses, um you're looking at that scenario where the best four teams are Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. But do they will they put USC in? They're desperate to get a Pac 12 team in. They've everything west of the plain states. Is, has been irrelevant in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. That's why, I mean, it, Oregon just has it, to be.
2: Well, but that's, know, but that's I, a Pac-12 for you. Oh, I
4: know. Oh.
0: Well,
2: they have six teams in the top 25. So I know LSU's sitting ahead of them, and they have that gauntlet coming up. But if LSU's already ahead of you, and they can shock the world and beat Georgia, that's the conundrum that the committee wants no part of. Well, And then also what happens to Tennessee then, too. But I, I still think I'm still a big brand-name bias guy. And I agree with a lot of people who tweeted it, that 12-1, and USC, if you can go bam, 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 and close the season, that, and you have four quality wins, with that offense and Lincoln Riley, they're going to find a way to get them in. I thought they
4: lost it by UCLA and, and, and Oregon losing is where USC got knocked out because the quality of those wins goes down. I've had people reach out to me
0: and say, LSU will absolutely make the playoff if they win out.
2: I've also heard that. I can't get there.
0: People have said you're yeah. you're kidding yourself if mean, you think that's – under that scenario, an LSU doesn't make the playoff.
2: Well, they, they think they're jumping Tennessee, though, some people. Well, and that,
0: I mean, that can't be. They get boat raced at home by that's Tennessee. No, I, don't. I, I had agree with head. that. Yeah. But maybe, maybe that way there's three SEC teams then. If people t- people uh, would riot oh No, that they happened. can't do that. Hold, hold again, on. Again, t- t- TCU loses. Okay. USC loses.
4: Yeah. Ohio State oh. beat Michigan by oh. 50. He blows yeah. them out. Either way.
0: And then LSU beats Georgia. You gonna be surprised? That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying it should happen like that. Are you gonna be surprised?
4: I think they 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 look at politics though. I think they look at politics and say you can't have three from one conference. If it happens, of course we're gonna go. But then next year, we're still four next year, right? It doesn't go to twelve for two years. Two years. Then they'll put the rule in you can't have three from a conference when that happens, you know? They'll put that kind of a rule in. Who would you like to see in? What's your dream for? I think I'd make other I'd probably
0: if I bet the games, I think I'd still make other plans to not even watch them if that's three SEC teams. New Year's Eve? No thanks. Who would you like to see, Mitch? Would you like to see TCU in the playoff? I want to see TCU play Tennessee. Just because I want to see what the betting total is going to be.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Ohio State play Georgia eventually, wouldn't you? Ohio State-USC would be fun. Can we stop with this Alabama? I mean, who's Alabama? Alabama beat Ole Miss. They, okay, whoop-de-doo. Stop old with old, this. They beat if Alabama. If, Alabama should have four. four Ole Miss
4: won that game. We were getting Alabama in the Las You're, Vegas Bowl. You know. Yeah, that's right. 50, right. Yes, yes. You used to scoff. You used to scoff
0: when people said would say to you, "Put soccer on TV." Mm. What are your tips for betting the World Cup?